Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is October 28th, 2020. I'm Chris Campbell. Remember to follow Disputes Digest on LinkedIn and to leave us a review or to share the show with a friend or colleague if you are enjoying the program. We begin this week with the news. On October 23rd, the International Council for Commercial Arbitration, ICA, and the Stockholm Chamber of Commerce, the SCC, announced the new collaboration. The new joint initiative is aimed at increasing access to arbitral awards of general interest issued under the auspices of the SCC. Effective this year, a selection of anonymized SCC awards will be published annually in redacted form in the ICA Yearbook of Commercial Arbitration and the Kluwer Arbitration Database. The result will be greater collaboration and access between the organizations while protecting the confidentiality of the parties involved. A full press release is available on the SCC website. Also, on October 23rd, The Diplomat reports that the nations of Japan and South Korea remain embroiled in an international legal dispute over the interpretation of a 1965 agreement between the two states regarding the settlement of problems in regards to property and claims and economic cooperation. The dispute arises out of a conflicting legal interpretation from each state's judiciary about the applicable and governing law, culminating in the Supreme Court of South Korea ordering Japanese companies to pay certain penalties under threat of legal sanction. Japan responded in kind by suggesting the invocation of the dispute resolution mechanism of the 1965 agreement, namely international arbitration. This is a developing story with more information sure to be released in the coming days. Then on October 24th, political tensions continue to rise between India and China as New Delhi puts Beijing on notice that if Chinese vessels continue to defy the terms of an arbitral award concerning the South China Sea, then India would consider launching a preemptive strike against Chinese forces. All of this as the two sides continue to conduct military exercises with their forces in contested waters. Also in China, the PRC government announced reform measures for the Shenzhen Special Economic Zone as part of its five-year development plan. Said plan deals with market-oriented solutions such as production allocation factors, business environment, science and technology innovation, as well as opening public services to green government investment. All of this is anchored by the National Development and Reform Commission, NDRC. Notably, Articles 28 and 29 of the measures aim to improve the litigation regime for foreign commercial disputes, international legal services, and coordination of those mechanisms. The plan will build an international arbitration center for Guangdong, Hong Kong, Macau, and the Greater Bay Area based on the international arbitration institutions of the special economic free zones across the country. Who's Who Legal in Canada releases a 60 individual list, each member notable for their outstanding work as arbitrators and counsel in complex disputes. The publication listed the following as their most, quote, highly regarded. Henry Alvarez, Pierre Biavenu, Stephen Dreimer, E.V.S. Fortier, David High, John Judge, William Rowley, and Janet Walker. The full list, as well as further information on the named parties, is available on the Who's Who legal website. A new report by the group Transparency International examines whether a natural gas contract issued in Nigeria deprives the people of Nigeria of $9.6 billion dollars. According to the report, an alleged scam to make Nigeria pay billions of dollars to a company in the British Virgin Islands has put a spotlight on how courts of arbitration can be weaponized to misappropriate public funds. 
Such opinions are in line with other reporting that alleges that investor state dispute resolution improperly jeopardizes public funds without transparency and in contravescence of sovereign law. The full report is available on the organization's website. Then, turning to the United Kingdom, the UK Supreme Court rules on the law applicable to an arbitration agreement. In the case Enka Insat v. Sanyi versus Triple O Insurance Company Chubb, the court dismissed Chubb's appeal, affirming the lower court's decision that arbitration agreements between the parties was governed by English law instead of Russian law, which Chubb argued was the law applicable of the underlying agreement. In explaining its decision, the court held that, quote, the law governing the underlying agreement containing the arbitration agreement will, absent certain specific indications, also governs the arbitration agreement, end quote. Further, absent some specific agreement, the validity of the scope of arbitration agreement will be governed by the law chosen by the seat of arbitration, as the law with which the arbitration clause is most closely connected. Finally for the news, the appellate court in Warsaw ruled on whether a narrow arbitration clause may be a reason for rejecting a set-off argument raised by a respondent in arbitration proceedings, if the basis for the set-off claim is not covered in the arbitration clause. The court decided that in the case of set-off executed outside of the proceedings, there is no reason to exclude a defense based on the circumstance from the arbitral tribunal's jurisdiction. That's it for the news. Now we turn to opportunities. First up, multinational law firm DWF is seeking an associate or senior associate to join its Manchester-based team. The ideal candidate should have a good understanding of corporate law, the dispute resolution processes, including litigation, mediation, and arbitration, and they will preferably have experience resolving disputes of all sizes and are able to demonstrate technical and commercial expertise in the application and the ability to deliver excellent legal advice with tight timeframes. More information is available on the DWF website. The firm Michonne de Rea LLP is hiring for two positions. The first is a managing associate in commercial litigation, and the second is as a tribunal secretary. Both positions are London-based and provide the opportunity to join a comprehensive and active dispute resolution team. Global consultancy Alvarez Masal is a firm with more than $2 billion in revenues and more than 60 offices across the globe. The firm is seeking a manager for forensic disputes and investigations, in particular related to international arbitration and litigation, for its Paris-based offices. The ideal candidate should have a background in forensics and be prepared to assist with preparing expert witness reports, carrying out fraud investigations, and conducting business intelligence. The law firm Grellis Shaw LLP is seeking a litigation associate to join the firm's Cupertino, California-based team. The ideal candidate should have a Juris Doctor and experience within a large firm, in particular dealing with complex litigation, preferably within intellectual property. The Singapore International Arbitration Center, SIAC, one of the global premier brands in international arbitration, is seeking an associate counsel to join its offices in Singapore. The ideal candidate should have two to three years of post-qualification experience, strong interpersonal skills, and familiarity with both the SIAC rules and UNCENTRAL rules, as well as the arbitration laws of Singapore. The American Arbitration Association is hiring a manager of ADR services to be based in the organization's Atlanta office. The manager will oversee the services provided by the AAA, including assigning caseloads, managing team and staff, and promoting the services offered by the AAA. Ms. Neha Talila of the Negotiation Academy is looking to hire a virtual intern for a small mediation project lasting approximately one month and will require four hours a day for five days a week. The ideal candidate will have knowledge about negotiation and mediation and the ability to create unique content for the same, 
Applicants should be comfortable with conducting research and drafting, as well as having a creative thought process. To apply, contact Neha at N-E-H-A dot T-A-L-E-L-E dot N-T at gmail.com. Applications are due by October 30th. Finally, moving on to this week's events and webinars. First up, on October 29th, episode two of the podcast Arbitration Coffee Breaks continues with this week's guest, Sylvia Marchilli, a partner with White & Case's international arbitration practice with experience throughout North and South America and is recognized as a thought leader in international arbitration. The conversation is a joint effort by the Very Young Arbitration Practitioners Groups in Mexico and Madrid. Also on October 29th, the AAA's ICDR and ICDRY and I announced their webinar interview series where speakers from around the world will be interviewed regarding numerous topics related to international alternative dispute resolution. The first program will feature an interview discussion panel hosted by distinguished women who have found their own paths into the field of international arbitration, including construction arbitration and mediation. The speakers include Dr. Patricia Galloway, Ms. Aisha Nadar, Ms. Wendy Vinoit, and the moderator will be Greta Walters. The ICC's Young Arbitrators Forum hosts an event titled, What Makes a Great Arbitration Law?, which promises to be a lively debate on what makes good arbitration law. It will consider queries like, is it better to have two regimes, and what role should national courts play? Opening remarks will be provided by Ardia Seknaj, Secretary General of the ICC Albania, and the moderator will be Alina Sartago. Speakers will be Maria Hauser-Morel, Fatos Lazimi, Sokol Alamazi, and David Reisenberg. The Chartered Institute of Arbitrators North America branch concludes its Tech ADR webinar series with a panel titled Managing Cybersecurity Threats in Arbitration, What Arbitrators, Counsel, and Clients Should Know. The speakers are Daniel Gary, Carolyn Lamb, Effie Silva, Myra Selby with Peter Rosen and Harut Samara serving as co-moderators. The Hong Kong International Arbitration Center and the International Academy of Mediators teams up to present a symposium from October 27th to October 30th titled International Commercial Mediation in Asia, The Essentials for the Way Forward, which will feature discussions and panels considering contemporary and practical issues affecting the international and commercial disputes industry in the region. That is all for this week. Remember to follow Disputes Digest on LinkedIn to leave a review or share with a colleague or friend. Any comments or feedback for the show can be sent to talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. Until next week, this has been Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal.